G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Christie-David, and I love bringing guests in that want to share their knowledge and uh, I guess their years of experience with investors that want to grow their property portfolios. And we are all about building intergenerational wealth. And today's guest is going to help you do just that. Uh, and we're going to talk all things strata and talk all things properties uh, when it comes to apartments as well. But Craig Bayless from Coastal Strata, welcome onto the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Nate, thanks for being here. Big, beautiful smile that you've got on. Um, <laughs> mate, we're going to have a lot of fun with it today. Uh, before we do kick off, I want to just reiterate that this episode is general in nature and not intended to give advice. So if you do need advice, please do seek out a professional. So Craig, uh, mate, I had the pleasure of knowing a few people in common. Uh, you're yes, you're yeah. down towards the gong as well. Oh, yeah. um, so I guess what I want to do is kick off. I, I believe you've run Coastal Strata for, is it 10 years plus? Yeah, 10 years plus, yeah. So 10, and then you've done over 10,000 uh, Strata reports. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, so I guess with that type of tenure, that many properties that you're seeing, we'll go into kind of what you're seeing, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what people sure. need to know. Absolutely. Everything when it comes to buying a unit or apartment, for example. But before we, uh, we do launch into there, what I call the three Ps, a, a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, and your property journey to date. Sure. Okay. Well, as you said, I'm Craig Bayless, so I'm yeah. the business owner of Coastal Strata. So we're essentially a property research company, so we specialise in strata reports. That's how I like to term it. Yeah. Um, I grew up in country Victoria, uh, nice. went to university in Melbourne, and I've been in Wollongong area for a very long time after that. Yeah. So um, professionally, yes, I have been involved in strata for a very long time, since 2003. Involved in lots of different aspects from being a strata manager. So I was chairing meetings and making sure properties are run very well and working with developers to set up new strata schemes. Then in 2011, I started Coastal Strata to really just specialise in purely doing strata reports. So that's given that advice to purchases of apartments and we do that throughout New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And so my personal uh, property (laughs) investment journey, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a couple along the way. So I bought a townhouse in Shell Harbour Village a very long time ago, um, an older apartment. And then more recently, I bought an apartment off the plan in Wollongong. Uh, That was quite a good experience. And then I'm just going through the back of a commercial property purchase for an office that that we're in at the moment. So yeah, there's a few along the way. Well done. And I guess buying, and especially as you mentioned, units there as well, gives you a lot of empathy for what uh, your clients are going through Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well aware of the the stress and the time pressures (laughs) it runs under. So (laughs) Uh, time pressures is probably a big one. And we'll come to time uh, later when we have a chat. so, I mean, we talk about the 10,000-hour rule. You must have in the industry 10,000 strata report rule. Um, <laughs> for the uninitiated or maybe people that are going through this process for the first time or it's been a while, take us through. What is in the strata report? And, yeah, I guess we, we want to not dumb it down for people's uh, IQ out there, but more to say let, let's go through the basics. Yeah, sure. Well, we do really try and keep it really simple for our clients. So, yeah. essentially, we're on the buyer side of the transaction. So... When you're buying a property, you're, of course, involved a mortgage broker, conveyancer, and a buyer's agent. Yeah. And if you're buying a strata apartment, um, you'll also need to find out about not just the apartment you're buying, but the complex it's in as well. So that's mm. essentially what we do. So we find out information about what's happening in the property. So really simply, we try and look at what's happening now. We forecast what's going to happen next, and then we explain that to our clients. If they're going to get involved in this property, they need to know these main points around financial and, and legal risk around what's happening with the property. Okay. Um, so we, we really try and get that information and explain it succinctly to our clients so they can get across what's most important for them. Yeah. So when you get a read on what's going to happen in the future, are you relying on years' experience? Are you looking through what that, you know, some of the environmental factors that 
um, related to that prop, uh, that complex, for example. Yeah. How are you determining what, I guess, what goes in and what, what are risk factors to be aware of? Yeah, so I'm a licensed strata manager and um, uh, Kelly from my report team is as well. So we've yeah. got that experience in when we get access to all, the, all of the strata records. So sometimes that's thousands of documents and files. We know what's most important to, to filter in on. So we look at what have they spent money on? What are they planning to spend it on? So we get all that history from their, their meeting notices on financials. And then we look at the reports that properties have or should have. Um, and that's like the Capital Works Fund plan to forecast what maintenance they should be doing. Um, and then other reports like work health and safety. So there's lots of different data points that we look at. And then we try and interpret that to see where is this property situated with their money and repairs and how is that going to play out later on. So Beautiful. Because I... There's a few people that you know, the conveyancer sit, I won't say behind the scenes, but um, back of house sometimes, for yes, example. Yeah. And I see you guys almost fit the bill in that sense as well, right? Because most yeah. people go, oh, yeah, finance, I need, it's a necessity, the agent's a necessity, for example. I won't say people overlook it, but it's almost like how do people reach out to you? Because is it a conveyancer that introduces you as part of the, the purchase or how do people find you guys. Yeah, yeah. It, um, back of house is a good way to describe it because... Um, I mean that have, in the politest possible oh, way. Oh, no, I don't mind that at all. Because <laughs> um, if you haven't bought an apartment before, um, you don't know um, that you need to find out this information. Yeah. So if you've owned a house your whole your whole life, um, you don't know that you can find out about the wider property that you're in. Some complexes are, are small and it's quite easy to see around and you can try and get an idea of the property yourself. But if you're buying inside a very large strata scheme, some of them are quite complex and they have... Lots of different strata plans inside there. They might have commercial, residential, and lots of different lots in there. So you need to find out about the, the larger property itself. So a lot of our work does come through conveyances. So the purchaser might be aware of this information they need to get when they're going through the open for inspection, looking at the property. Mm. It's not until they go further along the line in making an offer perhaps or hopefully before cooling off period going in, that's when we commonly get involved and, and try and get our information to the purchasers. So the earlier we can get involved once somebody's found a property, the better because you've got more options with our report. So if you're – the sweet spot, I suppose, is when you have your offer accepted but you haven't signed the contract yet because if you come back with our report, you've got that perhaps confidence that everything's okay and reassurance to go ahead. Now, you might have some negotiating power if there's some issues there that we're pointing out or you might pull out of the purchase. So depending on where you're along that line, the earlier the better. Yeah, I mean timing is critical here because yeah. we're – now let's play this out. So you're looking at a property, you've gone on a weekend ex- inspection, uh, looked at a uh, strata property, and then it's Monday morning, the agent's going to call you, or even over the weekend, there's negotiations yep. happening. It's like, how quickly can someone go from where they are to trying to make an offer to getting their hands on a strata report, do you think? Yeah, well, once we're instructed, in most cases, it's one to two days for us to do that report. Okay. So we are pretty quick in what we do. Yeah. Um, however, some strata managers take a little bit of time for us to get access to those records. So it can be longer than that for sure. So that's why we suggest that if you've got some interest in a property and interest in that you'd like to go ahead as much as you can, mm. you're starting to, of course, find out as much as you can about that property to give you that reassurance along along the way. So that's when you should start getting involved and in, in ordering that strata report. So purchasers do call us directly, of course, and start mm. ordering that rather than waiting for their conveyancer to, to instruct us. Okay. Um, but it's also a good tip that just like when you're starting to get finance, you need to do it, start preparing yourself months in advance. It's also good to start um, becoming aware of strata well before that. So start to learn the general terminology and get in touch with us. We have lots of resources on our website about yeah. the general terms and knowledge that you need to know. 
So when you're ready to pull the trigger on the property, you're not still learning about when AGM's held and, and those little more general questions. We can get straight into the property specific ones. Beautiful. And I guess, yeah, having done this for so much time and then having produced so many reports, let's go kind of under the hood and pop it and say, sure. what are some of the red flags? What are some of the deal breakers? What are some of the deal makers, for example, and where some of the, maybe the, the grey areas that you've seen in the past? Yeah, definitely. Well, property's not um, perfect in any way. So in some cases, there's always an issue that's going to be important for somebody. But some of the, the biggest issues we see for sure are where there's mention or signs of any major you know, defects coming up. So it's not all high-rises in Sydney. When you pitch strata, we do reports all through New South Wales, so it can be just a duplex, um, but they can all have issues. So it can come down to have they done routine maintenance? Um, are they doing preventive maintenance and getting everything organised? Are they raising enough money to do the work that they should? Um, but then it's also we look at things like the administrative fund, which is when you pay your levy, your portion goes towards like the running costs of the property. So it pays the insurance, the strata manager and lawns and gardens. Yeah, We are seeing that in some cases where the owners aren't raising enough of a levy. So that fund is going to deficit, meaning that they're spending more than they're receiving. Okay. So if we see that, that's a sign that your levies aren't high enough. So you're going to have to be paying, you should be paying more. And that's one portion. Then we look at the capital works fund, which is like the savings account for future maintenance. So we look at how's that tracking compared to the capital works fund plan, which is the preventive maintenance for the big ticket items like roof, waterproofing, painting, all of those yeah. big items. Are they raising enough money in there compared to where it should be? So I suppose a deal breaker would be property that is um, administrative fund deficit. So the signs that the levies would have to go up and the capital works fund where there's not enough money at all. Um, and I was thinking about this before I saw a property just yet, um, well, a couple of years ago, they had one cent in their account. <laughs> so this is information that you just can't see at open for inspections. You really need someone to look at the information and interpret it and tell you why is it one cent and yeah. what's happened and what's going to happen later on because you, you, of course, want to know that. Absolutely. It's, um, <clears throat> it's like a bank balance for a household, right? You want to know there's enough liquidity there yeah, absolutely. for a rainy day if something was to happen. Uh, Australia gets kind of put itself really on the radar with some of the recent changes. I mean, we saw some of those unit blocks that, what was it, those sinkholes that came through at one yes. point. Yep. Uh, then there was the cladding issues that have yeah. come through as well. And then, you know, from time to time, maybe an investor will, will bring it up going, Strata's a waste of money, it's a ripoff, for example. How are you having those conversations? Go, look, Strata isn't isn't bad, it's a vehicle. And effectively, when, you, when you're co-buying these units, it's a, it's a cost of doing business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we, we do see cladding issues in some properties and there was one just last week where we did a report for a client. They were buying a property in Sydney CBD. It's a 25-storey building, 400 units, and they've been issued with a fire order from um, the local council to re replace non-compliant cladding on the facade and to an awning. It's significant. There's an $8 million special levy, so that's about $20,000, give or take, per unit. Wow. I think they had the meeting in about May of last year. First portion was due in June and then the second 10000 in December. So it's a short time frame to, produce. to come up with $20,000. Who's got that money? <laughs> um, but this property, they have actually have gone past that. They have raised all the money, which is great. So, But now they're going to go through the, the work and the work of that size is significant. So I think it was 20 weeks for the contractor to get the materials on site, 60 weeks to actually do the work. 
crane hoarding everything. So there's going to be a lot of disruption for somebody living there. So 20 weeks plus 60 <laughs> weeks is 80 weeks. This is a year and a half. Yes, and I suppose that's based on a good timeline as well. So what if it takes yeah, longer than that? Weather and yeah. So if and you're, your cash flow, you've had to outlay that money at the very start. So you, as an investor or yeah. a homeowner, you've had to outlay the cash from the get-go. There's no... Yep, absolutely. So that's information that we really try and explain to our client, not just saying there's there's cladding issues. We try and point out that here's the potential time frame. So if you're going to move in there, there might be disruptions for you. But yeah. if you're going to rent it out, is it going to be attractive to potential tenants with all the, the work going on? You, and that's for them to consider if they need to reduce rent or something like that. So it's lots of impacts from the information we find out <coughs> and investors take it on board from there. Yeah, okay. Another one that kind of comes up from time to time is it's not the strata's issue, it's the apartment owner's issue, for example. So how do you what, – what is the speci- issue specific to the apartment owner or the landlord or yep. the tenant versus what is relevant for the strata? Yep. It can be tricky to, to generalise because it's what we're looking at is what is common property and what's part of the lot. So generally speaking, and you have to look at every every property differently, but yeah. if you picture a high-rise complex, the external walls and the, the floor and the ceiling, they are common property and anything inside from the paint is generally the lot owner's responsibility. So it can get a little bit tricky trickier from that yeah. depending on the property and the bylaws. Um, but when somebody's buying a property, they really should consider getting a building inspection as well because we can only look at what has been reported in the strata records. There might Which, be an issue. Just to jump in, it's contrary to what a lot of people say, is that you don't need a building inspection done when you're buying a unit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suggest it's it's still worthwhile for sure because okay. it might pick up something that hasn't been reported in the strata records or it will be your responsibility as an owner later on. So even if it's your right. responsibility, not strata, yeah. you can still use that to negotiate with the, the vendor. Nice one. Perfect. Uh, so going back in, again, I'm going to draw on all your user experience and your knowledge here. Um, there would have been times where you've uh, told a client, probably not probably not advisable to proceed, and they've gone ahead. Yeah. Have you had a situation like <laughs> Well, it's tricky because we can't get into that. It's probably a little bit different from a buyer's agent role, yeah. giving yeah. advice, but we, we really try and have that conversation with that cladding example to really give that advice saying here's a significant issue and you'll need to decide what to do from there. So we can't give that advice saying buy or not buy. Yeah. We, we certainly ask that from time to time, but we can't give that personal advice. But definitely um, the reports that we really want to get across to that could be an issue are those ones where there's financial risk. If there's yeah, okay. defects and it's not costed yet, meaning that we know there's a problem but we don't know who's going to pay for it and how much, they're the ones that it could be a big special levy or, or, or a non-event, but we need to get across to the, the purchaser that is something happening here and you need to be aware of that in your decision. So, okay. What are some of the other blind spots they've kind of picked up for other people when they're going through? Because obviously they're very excited. It's a highly – it is. It doesn't matter if you're buying an yeah. investment property or your own home. Yeah. Buying is still an emotional roller coaster, and you, the speed of negotiations is generally where it's won or lost. So to kind of come in at this point and go, hey, these are some things that you need to know about. You don't want to be a roadblock. You want to be an enabler Yeah. and, and help with those decision-making. But where do you come in and say, look, we need to draw a line and make sure that we're – yeah, well, just just pertinent. last week in, in Wollongong, had a client buying a property, um, I think it's 25 units in a seven-storey building in 2017. And so relevant because this property has some defects, but the, our client engaged us. I think we got the instructions on Monday, so we'd already had um, uh, signed a contract with the agent on the weekend, so he's in cooling-off period. Came to us to find out what we can doing a strata report, and we, of course, found these defects 
it's actually pretty significant because they're in this New South Wales government program called Project Intervene, which is a program run to try and compel developers to fix major defects. Okay. So that's the definition. So it means that it's something happening. <laughs> You'd want to be aware of that. So we pass that information back out to our client. Um, he, of course, wasn't um, willing to take on that risk. So he was actually lucky, I believe, that he went back to the agent and said, I'm pulling out of the, the purchase. And uh, he was going to ask for his 0.25% back as well. So I think that information we were able to find out and pass on quite quickly within that cooling off. So this client was very thankful that he could um, make his decision to pull out. Absolutely. I mean, we've had building and pest inspectors on before on previous episodes. And it's the small price to pay, but I think it's also that little time as well yeah. that really goes the distance to say you, even if it's a non-event, awesome. It's a bit like an insurance policy where it's paying for a bit of peace of mind. Absolutely, yeah. But in the odd event that something like this comes up, yep. you've just dodged, I don't know how expensive that mistake would have been, but you've just dodged a massive bullet yep. there as well. Absolutely. And the reports where there's there's not a lot happening in the property, that's fantastic. And sometimes it's giving that reassurance because yeah. there's a lot to think about buying a property, of course. So we're available to answer any general questions people have along the way. Yeah. And then they can really sort out if it's a good property or not from there. Nice one. Uh, from personal experience, I once <laughs> renovated one of my properties, a unit. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, interesting experience because I, yeah, I just thought, in, in I go and I'm going to rip out the floors and put wooden floorboards down and paint. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, what about the bylaws? And I thought, I don't even know what you're talking about, bylaws. And, yeah, next minute on the phone to Strata and these plans have just gone up in smoke. Yeah. So take us through what's sure. involved with renovating an apartment, uh, what approvals do you need and where do bylaws fit in? Yeah, I would say that's a fairly common approach, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> to, to jump in and do work before you get the yeah, approval. You the horse so. the cart, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think going back to you need to look at what is common property. So I just had a client this morning saying they're buying a property that we did a report on. They like to uh, put in hybrid timber flooring and renovate the kitchen, bathroom and laundry. So if you're doing renovations like that, there's some items for sure that are common property that you need permission from the group to, to alter because essentially you're changing the common property. Like a bathroom example to really drill it down is if you're renovating a bathroom, you need to remove all the existing fittings and the waterproofing and the tiling. The waterproofing and the tiling on the um, on the floor, that's common property. So that's where you need permission from the group wow. to do that Yeah, because the group wants to make sure that what you're doing is going to be done the right way and you'll be responsible for that work later on. So that's essentially why you need permission from the group to do it. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to do a renovation like that, I think it's fairly unlikely that it's going to be knocked back if you're approaching it the right way um, by you probably start the process getting quotes from contractors to say this is what I want to do, of course, to see if it's financial for you. Send it to your strata manager and they'll guide you on whether it's something that can be done under the existing bylaws. Some properties are a bit more friendly and they have bylaws already that allow certain works like this. Other ones won't, so you'll need to actually get permission from the group. So that might be uh, different levels of approval. It might be at a meeting in a bylaw or just um, at a meeting and documented. So I think definitely go at it the right way by getting the quotes, yeah. speaking to your strata manager, saying, I want to do this, what do I need to do, and then go from there. Yeah. <laughs> definitely learn from experience on that, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Airbnbs or short-stay accommodation, that comes up from time to time. And yeah. does that differ by complex or is there a generic state rule? What, where does um, that come up? Some so properties. Especially the investors that we have, say, great locations, you know, down the beach, uh, down the Gong, for example, Northern Beach has got a lot of clients, Airbnbs in Surrey Hills, yep. Balmain. Um, what do they need to know about? 
Yeah, some properties do have a bylaw, so the owners have changed the bylaw to, to put in restrictions around short-term letting. Um, if that's the case, we really highlight that to our clients saying, hey, this is could be important for you, the short-term letting restrictions. But it does come down to the local council as well, so it's not kind of a blanket, it's more of a state policy, I believe, and the local councils. Um, so you need to check the strata, but then also with your conveyancer, ask are there any restric- restrictions on the title for the for the property? Okay, beautiful. Thanks very much. Um, the other one I've got is small complexes versus big ones. Um, yeah. They would naturally, and you mentioned before, I think some even have commercial down the bottom, for example. So what are the distinct differences that you've got, like a small Art Deco building, say towards you know. Uh, King's Cross, yep. uh, some beautiful ones out there, versus some of the newer complexes that you get out towards, say, Waterloo or Zetland, um, versus the mixed-use commercials that you might get on a busy strip. Uh, sure. How do they all differ and vary? Yeah, um, very different. Like a small complex, uh, one of those Art Deco examples, might only have a few units in there. You probably know most of your neighbours. Um, if you don't, you know who lives in the building. Yeah. And you can see most of the facilities that they probably don't have swimming pools and the lifts and uh, huge communal areas. So generally the levees might be a little bit lower depending on where they're at so they can maintain that. The larger complexes for sure um, can have facilities like lifts, gyms, um, uh, the pools, all of those expensive items. And I did a report on property not long ago. The ministry fund was $3 million per year, raising all the running costs of the property and about a million dollars into the capital works. So it's it's like a, a big business in a way. Absolutely. There's a lot of money going in and out. So there's a, a lot of decision makers there. So sometimes in a smaller complex, you've got uh, a clearer say amongst your co-owners as to what you're going to do, whereas in a bigger complex, you've got the facilities. depends on what's important for you. Of course, you might have access to those amenities by buying into that complex. But then you have to pay for that as well. So um, smaller complexes, although they can be tricky, if you're in a block of two and you don't get on with your neighbour, <laughs> nothing can get done. <laughs> and we have seen that for sure. So you yeah. need to be aware of that too. Yeah. Does the way that it's run, like you said it's a, it's, it's strata, like an, the strata manages like an extension of a business, right? For properties of that size, yeah. it's, it's enormous. There's a, a lot of work that goes into setting the levies. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to run a business of that size and, and that volume of revenue and you set your revenue based on your costs, what, yeah. what your costs are, um, and then trying to organise all the owners at the meeting. So it's a very big um, undertaking for sure. Absolutely. Do you see that as one of the linchpins for success versus failure? Like how do, how, And you don't exactly get a cha- cha- say in who is the strata manager, right? Um, it's tricky. You yeah. get a say, but not much. Because yeah. It depends on uh, most strata managers are appointed under a certain term, which is good. So they're appointed for a couple of years. It might yeah. be up to three years. Um, so you, you can have a say, but the most, well, the best strata managers are the proactive ones for sure that are actually getting on the front foot, pointing out things to owners saying, you asked for these certain reports, what are we going to do about them and keep really driving things. Um, you might hear a lot that people say strata is very slow, that you have a meeting, you don't hear anything till the next meeting. Yeah. Um, that can happen for sure. But the, the best strata managers work with active owners. So if you're an investor buying into a property, get involved in your committee. And That's the... exactly what we tell every <laughs> investor. is, And you go to these meetings and you understand why. Because they're making decisions based on, every, like, based on what's good for everyone. So if yeah, you're not absolutely. having a seat at the table... Yep. You're going to get hit with these levies or it's going to come come at a bit of a surprise for you versus if you can have a seat at the table, you, you're going to be part of those decision-making. Um, yeah, absolutely. And just well. sometimes just holding your strata manager accountable, just saying, where are we at with this? Do you need any help getting quotes or, or just really driving things? Otherwise, things can drag on for longer than they need to. Yeah, okay. 
Perfect. So if you had parting words for someone that's looking to buy a um, strata property, what's what's kind of your parting words? Parting words? I would say definitely consider getting a strata report, even if you think that you um, can see everything around the property and you're okay with the information you've got. It's worthwhile getting an independent company um, such as ourselves to actually give you that insight as to what's really happening. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, the main thing to get across. Absolutely get all the information you can to try and make that informed decision. Beautiful. And I think the other one that I've picked up is the importance of getting a building uh, report uh, sure. inspection. Uh, I think that's one thing that gets commonly overlooked and um, there's people that are constantly giving that advice that you don't need that building report done, whereas I think based on your absolutely. expertise, you're saying highly recommended. Yeah, absolutely. I think get as much information as you can so you've got that confidence to proceed yeah. or, or otherwise for sure. Wonderful. Hey, Craig, really appreciate you coming in, sharing your knowledge, your, your wisdom. Like I said, if, if you are thinking about buying um, a unit or apartment, um, this is definitely an episode that you want to check out. We'll include details to Coastal Strata and Craig and his team. Uh, I think you've got some great resources on your website, some of those FAQs. I've jumped in there we and do. had a look as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So if you're considering buying a unit, jump on, have a look, or we'll reach out to our team. Wonderful. And, mate, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for your time. That's all right. That's a wrap for another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. And if you found that helpful, a couple of things. One is leave us a review. Uh, that's kind of our way to getting feedback that you guys are loving uh, what we're putting out here as well. Or if you've got questions for future episodes or even a guest that you'd love to have on, please drop us a line as well. Send us a DM via our Instagram. It's generally people are sending us a lot of messages. Uh, love to hear from our listeners as well. That's a wrap. Talk to you next time.